0: Today, I'd like to talk about strongholds. Strongholds are something that are extremely important to understanding what they are, how they occur, and how to find freedom. In my experience, anywhere that you're stuck in a stronghold is an area that you are likely to be walking in less than the fullness of what God has for us. So let's start by reading a couple of scriptures. First is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 12. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world's darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The word schemes as used in this verse is taken from words that mean trickery and method. The word indicates a deceit. And so here it's warning us to take our stand against the devil's deceitful schemes, areas of thinking that we might be trapped in and not even know it. Second Corinthians chapter 10 starting at verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, We are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. In this verse, the word strongholds means anything on which one relies. Of the arguments and reasonings by which a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion and defend it against his opponent." So here it would indicate the whys. Why do you believe what you believe? Why are people doing the things that they are doing? And we begin to get into these arguments, the reasonings, the logic, the very foundation on which these belief systems are built. In this verse, the word arguments comes from a Greek word that means a reasoning or a thought. In Romans, this word is used and it's suggestive of evil intent, not mere reasonings. The word suggests the contemplation of actions as a result of the verdict of conscience. And what that means is it means somebody is going to take and think through whatever set of fact Logic or knowledge they have and they're going to contemplate what actions they might do based on Whatever reasonings or thoughts have come to them the issue here is that there is an evil intent that comes with the devil's schemes and those schemes are in the form of knowledge and arguments and information We live in a very information age where people value information greatly, but a lot of people don't know how to discern whether the information they're valuing is bringing them more life and closer to God, or if it's actually subtly bringing more death to mankind. I'll get into more of that concept during the next series where we're going to go through the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the shift that occurred during the fall of mankind. But for now, I just want to do a little bit of an overview of how a stronghold forms. The way they form is seemingly very innocent and a very normal part of the way that we are raised. And so I'll give you a a couple of quick examples here. So one example is I was watching a kids cartoon show with my kids within the last few months and while i was watching this cartoon show they have a whole episode about one of the characters getting blurry eyesight and so the whole episode is about the cartoon character going to the eye doctor to get glasses this would seem just like an innocent fun episode but you have to realize something you will discover throughout the series that jesus is our savior and he is the savior of our spirit, soul, and body. We'll get to that when we get to salvation. But for now, just understand that if Jesus is the savior of our body, the cartoons my kids are watching are not teaching them to go to Jesus when they have bad eyesight. They're instead teaching them that there is no God out there to help heal them. And they're teaching them instead, you need to go to a human and get a man-made product And that man-made product is now the solution to your medical problem. This would seem kind of innocent, but think about this as an adult. Now we have these ways of thought that are set from the time I was a kid. Imagine you're two or three years old. You're learning how the world works. And what you're being taught is when there's a medical issue, the way the world works is you go find another human to help you with your salvation. But what if we taught our kids to go to God? What if when our kids were young enough, they still had faith, childlike faith, in learning how the world worked? What if we at that point taught them what it was to go to God? So I, I now actually teach my kids this, and this is not to you know, be negative towards the cartoons, but I literally teach my kids that the reason their cartoon characters do things like, hey, bad eyes go to doctor, first is because they don't have a relationship with god and if they did they could just go to god and get healed and save the entire hassle my kids now at a very young age are already doing really well at receiving healing for many many things my son who's only three has actually prayed over my wife before and she's received healing for things and so i'm already setting an example to my kids at a young age The issue is we've now got two potential belief systems competing, one of which is against the knowledge of God. It says, hey, you have a medical issue. Go to a human as your savior. That is not the knowledge of God. The other belief system is, hey, you have a medical issue. Go to the savior of your body as your savior. That does sound like the knowledge of God because it's literally God himself that you are connecting to to receive salvation. I believe if we begin to teach our kids to think in this way and to believe where God was their first resource and not their last resort, that it would be far easier for people to receive from God in a time of need. I'll give you another example that's maybe a little bit more silly of a stronghold in action. So earlier in my marriage, I used to always have this rule, at least in my mind, and the rule was that if my wife ever wanted to go out to eat, if she wanted to go out and go do something fun, that the house first had to be clean. And it drove me bonkers because my wife did not think like this. You know, she could go off and do whatever and then come home and clean the house later, but there was no idea in her head that she had to clean before she could go off and have fun. And it literally drove me bonkers. I could not understand why my wife would not get on board with that. And that was a frustration and a conflict throughout some of our marriage. And then one day when I was studying strongholds, I began to just pray and ask God. I was like, hey, why do I have this frustration that every time she I want her to clean before we go out? And it, it messes with my mind if she doesn't. And literally, I had a flashback to, in my childhood, my mom saying to me, Hey, Eric, clean your room before you go outside and play. I laughed and realized that my mom had given me a rule for my childhood. Clean your room before you get to do something fun. And in my mind, that had shifted to becoming my belief system. I now believed you had to go clean and, you know, clean up your house and make your room look nice and then you were allowed to go out and play and have fun. That rule does not work very good for a happy marriage. and It wasn't that somehow it's a bad idea to have a clean house. It's just I realized that that was a belief system that had been set at me at a young age and I carried that right into my marriage and it was causing conflict. And I had no idea that that belief system was in my subconscious. I just knew that it was frustrating every time I encountered that experience. I overcame that stronghold. And the way I did it practically is I just went to God in my own prayer time. And I said, all right, Lord, here's what's going on inside of me. Here's my belief system. And I just surrendered it. I decided to empty myself out of that belief and open myself up so that God, through communion and prayer, could replace that belief system with a new belief system. Once I surrendered that way of thinking, it was as though I had made room within my belief system to have my mind renewed to what God believed. I actually have a little bit of a cool story on this one, and so I'm going to share with you a little bit more of that so as i prayed and surrendered the this idea that my wife has to clean and that we have to have a clean house before we go out and play once i surrendered that idea to god i then asked god hey what should i pray in this circumstance because there's still this you know concept this frustration thing how do i shift my circumstances what would it look like if god was in it And so I ask God, what does that look like? Uh, What do I pray? Do I pray something for my wife? Do I pray something for me? Do I become the person that regularly maintains the cleanliness of the house? Is that what God's calling me to do? Uh, I'm willing to do that if that's what he wanted. Does God want me to pray something for my wife? And so on. I just open myself up to any possibility and any possible outcome. Within maybe a day or two, I just had drop within my spirit this knowing of what I was supposed to pray. I didn't tell my wife any of this. And so what I felt in my spirit that I was supposed to pray was to find somebody out there that would help my wife discover a new way of cleaning, a new mindset about it that would just make it easier and more enjoyable in life. I also prayed that it wouldn't cost me any money out of pocket and I do... Web design is one of the things I was doing. I've done a lot of stuff, but web design is one of them. And so I actually prayed that I could potentially just barter with somebody to build a website in exchange for them helping my wife. Just kind of learn what does it look like to be a good organizer. I prayed this on what might have been a Monday. And it was, I think, Tuesday night that my wife was on Facebook and she turns to me and says, Hey, Eric, I found this person on Facebook who teaches this mindset of, you know, an organizer in a clean house and they want to barter for web design. And my wife says, Hey, would you consider uh, helping me out and using your web design skills in exchange for me? learning this from the lady and I laughed I thought it was hilarious because that's literally the thing that I had prayed for never told my wife this nobody knew this yet and it wasn't 24 hours after surrendering to God and saying hey what would you pray in this situation and then I heard it and then I prayed it and then there it was becoming real before my very eyes So these are just a couple of ways that strongholds form from what I would call a small-scale individual perspective. And what I mean by that is a stronghold that would have formed throughout my life where, you know, me growing up as a kid, these are individual things that I learned from my family, household, schools growing up, cartoons, television, and so on. Basically, all of the influences I had growing up would have influenced me to think and believe in a particular way. Hey, clean your room before you go out to play. Next thing I know, it's causing problems in my marriage. You know, belief system at a young age about, hey, you've got bad eyesight, go to the eye doctor. I was in glasses from fourth grade for years and years and years and years, and I mean decades, simply because I did not know within me that I could go to God for healing and that it was something very, very simple for Him. I didn't realize that a lot of our current belief system had unplugged from this reality of God as our healer. And most of the culture I was raised in didn't know how to access that. So that's kind of the small scale perspective. I also want to talk about what I would call a large scale perspective or a heavenly perspective. And this is where we step outside of the time in which we live. So you know, the small scale would just be me throughout my life experience. The heavenly perspective we would get a big 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 zoomed out picture as though we were standing in heaven looking through God's eyes outside of time from the beginning of time all the way to the end of time and then we would begin to evaluate how do these thought processes strongholds and knowledge how does it truly play out over the long term course of mankind There's a scripture repeated a couple of times in Proverbs that says, There is a way that seems right to a man, and in the end, it leads to destruction. We have to watch out for that. This is where we really need to begin to examine, is this the knowledge of God? And so from a heavenly perspective, just one quick example, we see that Jesus is the Savior of our spirit, soul, and our body. And we'll get get to that very, very soon. But imagine that Jesus was the savior of our eyes. If we had blurry eyes, you know, or eyesight problem, we could easily go to Jesus and receive healing. Very simple problem, very simple solution. And yet, imagine that we did not teach that to our people. We didn't teach that to our kids. We didn't even know how to believe for it ourselves anymore. So instead of teaching our kids to go to Jesus for salvation, we now teach them to go to humans for basically a crutch, you know, glasses, contacts, whatever other solutions they might need for their eyes. You begin to look at how much of a burden does that bring on the human race as a total. You've now got a bunch of people who are having to have jobs as eye doctors, you've got tons of people having to manufacture glasses and contacts and maybe laser machines for laser eye surgery. There's a lot of money that goes into this system. A lot of money is being caught in here. And you've got probably millions upon millions of humans everywhere who are now relying on glasses as the very thing they need to navigate their daily lives. And I'm not in any way condemning glasses. I've spent years and years with with, uh, eye issues. And for me, I actually ended up having to get eye surgery To get my eyes fixed many years ago because i did not understand even how to have the faith for healing of my eyes back then but looking at an overview perspective we now see that there are millions of humans having to do a bunch of work to all help out the humans with blurry eyes But what if we were successfully able to connect all of the people with bad eyes back to Christ where they genuinely received healing and they no longer needed glasses? We could literally take and plug this part of the medical system back into God and whenever people are getting results, they will no longer need all of these extra people that are doing work just to help support the broken system. And so I'm not in any way condemning doctors, I'm not condemning eye doctors or glasses, nothing like that. I'm simply saying that these are a bunch of people that are currently serving a purpose, looking for a temporary fix just because nobody will acknowledge the actual solution, which is Jesus and it's real and it exists today. And so that's something we're going to go over a little bit more, but that's what I kind of look at from a meta perspective. You go back to the beginning of time, you don't find people wearing glasses. You find people coming to God whenever they need healing. You see that a lot throughout Scripture. And then when Jesus comes and He reveals God perfectly, He shows that He will heal everyone who comes to Him. So if we have the ability to go to Jesus, who reveals the Father, and receive healing every time, that's got to be a better solution than forcing millions of humans to work just so we don't have to go to God for salvation.